Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Robin Washit. Blissful ignorance, I think. It could be an advantage here. Robin Washit. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a ball guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely huge. The hot cake. Shit. He writes for Husker Online, and he joins us each and every Thursday at this time. Robin, good afternoon. How are you? Doing well. How are you guys? We Hello. are doing fantastic. I thought the title of your, uh, I don't know, should I call the three-pointers thing? Is that a column? What would you call that, a piece? Yeah, so before we were just combining it all, like with the little short game story, and then like the three takeaways of analysis but we decided to separate them to get the get the game story out there sooner and spend more time on the analysis so it's it's basically like the story that we have been doing just broken up into two stories all right so we'll call it the three-point analysis um but i liked that i thought the title was very apt when you said a familiar recipe doomed nebraska again even with a new starting five I, i think the frustrating thing for i'm guessing everybody who watched it that is, uh, you know, with a tinge of red in their glasses, was the, just the familiarity of how the game seemed, even after the big games theoretically happened in 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 uh, Champaign on Sunday. That was the thing that I took away. I was just disappointed in, oh, wow, they're just going to do this again in another one. It's not that they lost. It's how they lost. Well, especially the manner in which they were beaten on the glass against a Northwestern team that really doesn't rebound the ball all that well and a Northwestern team they were just plus 14 on the boards in their first meeting in Lincoln to suddenly just be completely inept on the defensive glass and give up 13 offensive rebounds to that Northwestern team you know I mean that's you're not beating anybody rebounding like that and especially when you're turning it over 17 times so um, you know there's a reason that before every game you know, people ask what Fred Hoiberg what the keys to success are He's always going to say defensive rebounding and ball control. And those two areas killed Nebraska more than anything uh, against Northwestern. And really, when you look at uh, their road struggles, especially in league play, those two areas have been really, uh, have become real points of concern uh, for this team. And uh, many times, the reason that they're losing those games. Yeah, when you look at what what Rink Mass was able to to do last night on the defensive side, grabbing six boards, and obviously Bryce Williams uh, grabbing ten on the defensive side of the things, you would assume that's probably enough. Does it surprise you how little the other three starters were able to contribute in that stat? Yeah, it does. Um, you know, especially the fact that they started Juwan Geary and Josiah Alec together to be better rebounders, and Josiah didn't get a single rebound. And I can't remember offhand how much Juwan had, but it was more than a couple. So, I mean, like, the whole reason they went with that big lineup was to get a clear advantage 
on the glass and be able to secure those possessions, and they couldn't do it. So, um, you know, Bryce, you know, he he was active and got his ten boards, but man, they just need more. They like for Nebraska to be a better rebounding team, it takes more than just two or three guys. They're like it's, it's, they need a five man collective effort to be able to crash the defensive glass and finish off possessions. And right now, especially on the road, that is just not happening. You're seeing the ball bounce off the rim, and guys just standing there watching it, waiting for somebody else to go grab it. And that. That has to change. The only way that they're going to solve these issues is by being proactive and becoming the aggressors after every shot. Yeah, Jawan Gary was the only player to get an offensive rebound last night, too. That's never going to go well, especially on the road. Yeah, I mean, like that, that in itself is another issue. But I mean, when you're giving opponents that many opportunities off offensive rebounds and then off turnovers, uh, that's a recipe for disaster, and it's been far too familiar for Nebraska this year. Robin Washer joining us here on Unsportsmanlike Like Conduct. And another thing, Robin, that you pointed out uh, in in the in the take column, if you will, uh, was the the turnovers, uh, the number of possessions that resulted in a turnover. Um, seven of those resulting in Northwestern steals. The stat that you had about the average turnovers per game overall versus what it is on the road. Um, I, I'm curious as to like what best explains this. This, I mean, I, I get it, right? Playing on the road is going to be more difficult and more hostile, but is there something else that explains why why this continues to happen when they travel away from Lincoln? It's because they don't have a point guard. I mean, right now they're playing a, a wing as their starting point guard, and you know, Jamarcus Lawrence just got benched. He was supposed to be their starting point guard. Right. So, like, that, that, that right there, you know, you know how you go and win on the road in the conference? You have elite guard play. Right now they don't have that. I mean, they've they're like kind of mixing and matches different pieces with guys that do a handful of things here and there well and trying to kind of do it through a, a committee approach. But you know, you know why Northwestern's so good? Because they have Bo or Boo Booey, who's you know arguably one of the best point guards in the country. Like he is the head of the snake that makes everything go. And when Northwestern wins, it's because Boo Booey is playing well. And right now, as far as that backcourt is concerned, Nebraska doesn't have that guy. Like Rink Mass is their best passer. I mean, he leads the team in assists, and if he is not facilitating the offense, uh, really they, they don't have much rhythm at all. So that that is, for me, the clearest issue. And there's a reason that was uh, maybe the biggest concern of all, even going into the start of the season, was what, what were they going to be able to do at point guard and how are they going to kind of answer that call? Well, that continues to be uh, probably concern number one right now. You know, talk about all the turnovers and uh, the offensive inconsistencies, so that, that starts at your lead guard role. And the fact that they haven't found a viable solution um, in that spot to this point uh, has really kind of defined what this year has been thus far. Do you think any of that is Casey Tomanaga and his either uh, contr- contributions or, or lack thereof? I mean, against Wisconsin, 18 minutes, 2 points. Against Illinois, 31 points in 33 minutes. And then last night, 11 points in 28 minutes. What do you think? I mean, do you think a lot of that is because of his inconsistency is kind of why this team is a little bit inconsistent? Mm, to an extent. But, I mean, they've got so many guys that can go off and score, and that's that's what K-State does. So if he has off nights or multiple off nights, like they have other shooters that can, you know, Reek Mass can go for 30. Uh, you know, C.J. Wiltshire can have 24, 25 points. I mean, like they have guys that can pick up the slack. And, you know, I don't – I don't view him in that point guard conversation. He's clearly an off the ball guy. And the reason that, um, you know, he really hadn't played all that much, or at least had seen limited minutes is just because of his defense. And when he's not making shots, all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's hard to justify putting him out there when he's not 
scoring at a consistent rate because um, you know you got to be able to counter what he's given up defensively with what he's bringing to the table offensively. And there was a stretch there where the shooting just wasn't nearly enough to to justify putting him out there. And that's why you saw Sam Hoiberg see extended minutes just because. Uh, he was bringing it on the defensive end, even though conversely uh, he wasn't doing much offensively. So that that's kind of explains Casey. You know, that's that's just kind of what he is. And Nebraska's at its best when he is scoring. But you know, even if he's not, in theory, they have other guys that can step up and fill that role. Um, that you know, they they at least have the luxury, unlike the end of last year, that uh, you know, if he's having an off night, you can play other guys. So I think. As far as what the biggest issues facing Nebraska is, Kesa's inconsistency is, is relatively low compared to some other problems. Robin Washington joining us on on Sportsmanlike Conduct. So, Robin, w- what happens next now? Um, you know, I think that this the game this weekend on Saturday versus Michigan, it obviously has a much different viewpoint today than it would have had even 24 hours ago, regardless of what happened in Evanston, and that's because Michigan uh, defeats Wisconsin last night and a Wisconsin team now that's on a bit of a skid. What happens next with this team? Can they, can they, can, I mean, I, I know the answer is can't they, yes, they can bounce back, but do you, do you expect them to bounce back with this stretch now of three games and four at home? Yeah, I do. Um, just because for one, they have four of their next seven at home. Uh, and the three road games are, you know, they're not Illinois or, uh, you know, Wisconsin or those types of teams. You know, they're, they're all teams that are towards the bottom of the conference right now. Uh, and, you know, if, if Nebraska does what it's supposed to do at home, which outside of one game, uh, it's done that all year long. And then if you'll find a way, you know, we say this all the time, if they find a way to just give one, one conference road game, <laughs> a road win, uh, all of a sudden that resume I think is just fine. But because of all of these missed opportunities they've had on the road this year, last night uh, included, they have no room for error. Yep. Like losing, losing at home is just not, not acceptable. Like if, if you lose any of these home games, especially considering the, the quality of opponent that's coming to town, I mean, that's, that can put you in the territory of having a bad loss and Nebraska's resume. Yeah. They don't have any road wins, but they don't also have, they also don't have any uh, bad losses on their, on their resume right now. And so if you add that into the equation, suddenly your chances of um, getting that postseason bid become a whole lot slimmer. So um, they, they are still in a situation where I think they're in a good spot and can, you know, control uh, for the most part their their path. But there's, like I said, very little wiggle room for them. And if they slip up, uh, whether it be Saturday or any of these other remaining home games, that could be detrimental and put them in a situation where you know they might have some serious work to do in Minneapolis for the conference tournament. Who you like on Sunday? I think uh, we're talking about <laughs> yeah Sunday. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. I will be rooting passionately for the San Francisco Forty. That a boy. Uh, but I don't know. I'm just at the point now where I just expect the Chiefs to win. You know, like they, they just—it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. And like, if I'm saying who's going to have a better Super Bowl performance, Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy? You know, I Purdy has the better team around him. Yep. But, Man, like I just, I've been burned so many times trying to say, well, this is going to be the time Kansas City finally screws up and their season finally comes to an end. So until somebody actually steps up and beats them in the playoffs, it's hard for me to pick against them. But I, I will be, for at least a few hours, a diehard San Francisco 49er fan. 
Oh, I think a lot of us will be. Jimmy like Allen, a, Robin Washington, handshake emoji. As soon as the final whistle, as soon as the final whistle blows, I'm. It's on to the draft. Yeah. <laughs> who, who do you want? Who do you want the Giants to take? Uh, I mean, like in a perfect world, they go get a quarterback. But <laughs> what's going to be there at six? I don't know. All the mocks say they're going to get one of those receivers, not named Marvin Harrison Jr. So, uh, I don't know. Like, does that solve any of our problems? No, but. It is what it is. Hopefully they can pull a rabbit out of a hat and get out of this funk. Well, Robin, enjoy the game uh, and, and uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. We look forward to your coverage of Husker Online, and we appreciate the time, as always, on this Thursday. Absolutely. Talk to you guys later. Later, Robin. Robin, watch it. Joining us here on 1620 The Zone. Who cares about college basketball? Let's break down the NFL draft. Well, no. Oh, God. You want to talk about something I don't want yeah. to do? Oh, that. I, knew, I knew your love of the draft. Yeah, yeah. It's non-existent. Nebraska moving forward. Uh, Michigan, Penn State at home uh, Saturday and then another Saturday. And then they are on the road Wednesday the 21st versus Indiana. And then back at home again for Minnesota on Sunday the 25th. So uh, a, a stretch now, Jimmy. Thank you, Nick. We're over the next two and a half weeks. They're only going to have four games. So, uh, especially going into that Penn State game, they should be in a good spot. Gets you a lot of time to figure things out. Yeah, and I think what Robin said there towards the end is is the thing that I am thinking about the most right now, and that is their margin for error is now gone. You you get a win over Illinois. I mean, first of all, I think that that would essentially have locked up the NCAA tournament bid. Yeah. A win on on last night, I, I think that it would have been like a, another piece to the puzzle, um, and it would have given them a little margin of error because they don't have any bad losses, and by bad losses we mean two teams that are bad yeah um every loss is bad yeah yeah they haven't lost a bad team correct um that's the the thing that is you know hanging over them a little bit when you look at the rest of their schedule just like oh god what if they lost one of you know this game or this game that would be a quote-unquote bad loss especially you know the the worst loss in terms of numbers is like Rutgers but that was a road game so it's not as bad but if they lost if they especially if they lost the Saturday game to Michigan at home yikes not very good even with what Michigan did to Wisconsin. Well, they did lose one home night. game by 29 points. People forget. They did. P- people do forget. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of that, somebody tweeted in uh, me earlier, uh, as people as always disagree with Jimmy takes, uh, Aaron Rice, Jimmy is crazy. He also said Creighton would put 60% fans in PBA. Weird saying stuff just to say. Did you say they were going to put 60% of the fans? I don't remember in that. In PBA, Jimmy? I, th- I think I said it was going to be... What do you do I think I said it was going to be 70-30 Nebraska, if I, mm. if I remember correctly. Mm. Anybody remember what the front row of the student section looked like for that game? By the wow, way? look at Jimmy. Look at Jimmy. Uh, just, speak, just ask a question. Speaking of Creighton, John Walker of the World Herald will join us in about 45 when, minutes. When did I say that? There's no way I don't I know. That. That's Aaron. I didn't say it, Jimmy. Aaron did. I just Aaron, I think, you're, I think you're Roger Clemensing uh, you and better, misremembering. Jimmy, you better hope that Aaron doesn't remember the exact segment because if he finds it and sends it to us, we're going to play it on Let's the air. Let's do it. I want to hear it. have to play it on the air. I want to hear it. Okay. If I did it. I I'm, I will always admit when I'm wrong. I, I, I ate Jimmy crow. Allen about, says I ate if crow, I did it. I ate crow about the Packers. Aaron, please go find it. We'd, Aaron, I'm going to be more than happy. I, I love hearing the sound of my voice. Do you remember when this was? All right, so we'll see if uh, we'll see if Aaron has the audio. Speaking of audio, we will have some audio. I agree, though. Jimmy Allen is an idiot if he said that. I don't. Agree. He is a moron. Yeah. He's a complete another buffoon. <laughs> I, I don't agree with that statement. Uh, a lot of different things that we can get to as we roll on. Scott Shanley continues to go with Matt Rule. We have some more uh, streaming stuff to pick up, and as I mentioned, John Walker will join us at the bottom of the four o'clock 
hour. Jimmy Allen in today for John Bishop, who is gallivanting his way pretty much right now to Cincinnati, Ohio. Slurping up some skyline chili. Pour it all over his body, folks. You look up gallivanting in the dictionary. There's just John Bishop. Dude, he is the gallivanter at this time of year. The gallivant king. Yeah, he really is. Uh, More to come on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.